Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the FCB Radio Network, home of the best personalities. And where real talk lives. Online at FCBradio.com. FCB. of Marvel Halls and Silver Springs. My name is Sarah Lee. I am in Washington, D.C., not Orlando, Florida. I'm a little bit bummed out about it. Not really because I enjoy going to conferences, but I just wanted to get to Florida to see how people are just living down there. It's, it's, I feel like the world has gone, you know, upside down and pear-shaped and bizarro, and Florida's just living their lives, right? Floridians are just living their lives, um, thanks to their governor, Ron DeSantis. So I was fairly interested in seeing, uh, you know, CPAC is happening right now, and I think Trump is speaking this weekend, and <clears throat> I think a lot of the agenda is going to cover election integrity stuff. So, um, you know, I can stream it. I'm working and taking a break right now to record this, but there's certainly things I can stream and watch. But I just wanted to get to Florida uh, to see how the other half is living right now. But I also have this weird thing about not going to the beach. And Orlando is in Central Florida. Um, Disney World's there, which I've been to several times, and Disney World's wonderful. But I, can't, I just have this weird mental block about going to Florida if I'm not going to the beach. It just seems like a silly reason to go to Florida if you're not going to go to the beach. Anyway, that was a um, digression. Let me jump back to the show. Uh, i got a, several things I want to cover. Um, there's an interesting Spectator article that I want to talk about, about what happened in the Georgia Senate race, what possibly could have happened. Uh, to make Georgia Republicans um, maybe not vote. I know everybody's blaming Trump for that but uh, and some of his crazier um, supporters, but there could have been something else going on. So I want to talk about that. Uh, I'm going to review, scare quotes, review uh, WandaVision. I had to go back and rewatch some of the Avengers stuff um, and actually watch for the first time. I had never seen Infinity War, if you can believe it. Um, in order to talk about WandaVision, but um, I want to talk about that. And then finally, I want to talk about what's going on with the box office draw in China. So I'm going to take a quick break. We'll listen to a few commercials. Hopefully I won't be um, manic today. I feel like I've been manic the last couple of times I've done this show. So hopefully I can like keep it together today. Um, and uh, when we come back, we'll, we'll start it, start it up. Okay. Y'all stick around. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch 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 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, and we're back. Um, all right, let's jump right in. I've only got, you know, about 20 minutes I can play with here before I get got to get back to it. Uh, I got some things I got to work on today that <clears throat> I cannot put off. So let's talk about, first of all, let's talk about the fact that Trump is down in, you know, Florida, where he actually, I believe, is living now. Um, <clears throat> and he'll be at, he'll be speaking at CPAC. And of course, there's this big sort of um, divide in the GOP right now about what the future of the GOP is and if Trump has a role in that and should he and all of this stuff. And I'm not going to opine on any of that. Uh, I have my opinions on it. Uh, I tend to be a little more, um, I don't know, maybe it's the right word is squishy, but I, I don't I don't draw hard lines in the sand. It's why I wasn't a never-Trumper, for example, um, because... I think that's, in life, a bad idea. I mean, it's not. I'm not saying you can't have solid principles and lines you won't cross, but when it certainly when it comes to politicians, they're not often telling you everything to begin with. So drawing hard lines, um, you're drawing a hard line about things that are very hazy. So that just doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense to me. So I'm not going to offer my opinions on all of that beyond saying that. Um, but that is happening right now, and I do think that it informs um, how I read an article that came out the other day. Obviously, I'm very interested in Georgia politics. I'm from there. I'm toying with the idea of going back to the South, um, not anytime in the immediate future, but I don't know. I've been in D.C. for 10 years now, and I'm just thinking about it, so I'll just put it that way. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to be interested in Georgia politics for a lot of different reasons. <clears throat> but Georgia was, the, was a focus in this last election, certainly because of the, um, the Senate runoff. And whether or not they, you know, Stacey Abrams is considered this, you know, politicking genius. And whether or not they were actually successful in flipping a, a traditionally red state blue. And everyone blamed Donald Trump and some of his more vocal and outlandish supporters who were saying the 2020 general election was stolen, Georgia voter, voters, GOP voters in Georgia, your vote's not going to count, so boycott the Senate election. Lynn Wood, for example, was saying that, which <clears throat> I thought was really interesting when you found out Lynn Wood was actually a Democrat. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I just, that has just cracked me up ever since all of that came out. Anyway, um, and Lynn Wood, to, from my understanding, is Lynn Wood was a pretty good attorney, but he went way, like, he, he like, jumped all the sharks during the general, okay? So anyway, um, I have often, having spoken with people in Georgia, 
on both sides of the aisle and kind of observed what happened myself, I wasn't sure that I agreed with this notion that the reason that the Senate runoff went the way it went was because Georgia GOP voters didn't vote and that that was somehow because Trump was saying, don't vote, the election's fraudulent, it's going to be fraudulent again. I've never really bought into that, um, into that idea. Uh, like I said, I've been talking to people down there and most people I know went and voted. So they weren't buying all of that. So they voted. So... This article in the American Spectator came out by, it's written by an attorney called C. Murray. <clears throat> and the, the headline is the voter manipulation scheme that may have clinched the Georgia runoffs for Democrats. And it is an absolutely extraordinary article. It's, first of all, this is stuff that I work on in my daily day job, right? Uh, we look at these groups that, um, that are working to affect all kinds of things in politics, but certainly the election in 2020. We examine those groups. We look at how they're funded. You know, not not to be, we don't think everything's a conspiracy, but we certainly, we look at all groups but on both sides of the political aisle. So this is about, this article, so it, it intrigued me from that perspective. So this article is about one particular group that I believe incorporated um, right before the election. And it, it, incorpor it was incorporated by a guy who had worked with, uh, I'm sorry, not just worked with, he was a partner at Perkins Coie, which if you've been following politics, American politics, you'll know that Perkins Coie is the, the law firm used by Hillary Clinton and was involved in the whole Russia collusion thing, right? Just look that up if you don't know much about it. So this group, CCI, is what it's called, and it's the, um, it's not the Center for Civic Innovation. That's a different group that actually comes out in this article, and that it's, it's kind of germane to what happened because, it's it might be confusing intentionally, right? So let me see here. The article goes into how CCI, which is actually from a group called the Center for Civic Information, sent a letter, presumably to Republicans only, and the article explains why they come to that conclusion, that says inside your neighborhood's voting grade. And the long and the short of it is, the letter essentially weaponizes cancel culture by saying, are you a cross-party voter? Because here's the people in your neighborhood who are, or the neighborhoods that are. And then it basically threatens to publish your neighborhood's voting record following the January 5th runoff. Essentially saying, we're going to out you if it looks like Again, this is why they think it was probably only sent to Republicans, because they're asking Republicans, mostly, I think, to change their vote and vote across party lines, right? Not for the Republicans that they normally would. And the way that they're enticing them to do that or threatening them to do that, basically, is through this letter. And apparently this letter <clears throat> is not uh, an unknown psychological, sociological um 
tool that's been used in the past. Uh, there's something called the neighbor's letter that was a political science experiment conducted in 2006. And the whole point of it was to see if you could increase voter turnout by saying, hey, your voters are, vo your neighbors are voting. Are you going to vote? And it turns out that that massively increased turnout. So they, this CCI group twisted that a little bit and said, this is how your neighbors voted. Are you going to vote in line with them and go across party? And then again, they basically said in their letter that they're going to publicize the voting records for neighborhoods. This is very likely at least had some role in what happened in Georgia in the Senate election. Um, I would like to see somebody really dig in and study this because like what neighborhoods, they, they list other neighborhoods that got it, other complaints from neighborhoods that got it, there are four or five. But I think that, that a very enterprising data analyst could actually study the neighborhoods that received this if they could get a hand on their hands on CCI's information, they could probably really figure it out. But I have a feeling CCI has shuttered, right? They, they're gone. Um, this is the nature of these pop-up groups that pop up, use funding, do things like this, and then they disappear. And there's like no trace of them. And whatever trace of them is, it's only, you know, oh yeah, you'll see it a year later in a, you know, in an FEC filing that they existed, but it's impossible to tell what they did with their funding. So this is a fascinating article. And when you take it in conjunction with that Time Magazine article where they were talking about how we mobilized all of these groups, this election starts to look more and more, you know, it, it's, there's a part of me that's impressed in a way because I'm like, they really have no concern about I mean, their operation is impressive. It's large, and they mobilize it at the drop of a hat. They, they snap, okay, <laughs> and they mobilize it. Um, it doesn't seem to be, I don't know how much work it is, but it seems to light up their network, and they all, I use the snap because I'm going to be talking about Marvel and, you know, Thanos did his snap. But, sorry. <laughs> but uh, they light up their network, and it works. And I'm not sure that it's how elections are supposed to run. I'm not sure you're supposed to use voter data to intimidate voters. I think that's probably illegal, okay? It's certainly unethical. Um, that's why I'm, I'm heartened to see all of these states putting in laws now where they're saying, you know what? We need to go back. We need to go away. Like in France, I think I just saw a story, story where they're like getting rid of voter machines you know, and, and, and this notion that you can vote for weeks on end, you should have election day at the booth. I almost at this point until we can get it sorted out, think it should be hand, hand ballots that are counted. Um, because we have run into a lot of integrity issues with, you know, the sort of technological innovations to make voting easier. And in the 2020 election, um, and I know Stacey Abrams would freak out about that, that I would say you should make voting a little bit harder. 
But I don't think you should make it harder for, uh, you know, specific groups. I think it should be harder for everyone equally across the board so that we can. And when I say harder, I just mean voter ID. You got to show up at your polling place. You got to cast your ballot. And then people have to actually hand count them. So, yeah, it's a little bit harder. Right. Um, but I just think that we, we have to get back to that because we're seeing a lot of uh, vulnerabilities in the system related to this sort of convenience of technology. Um, I had this conversation yesterday with my sister about I'm never going to be angry at convenience, right? I love technology. I worked in tech for seven or eight years, something like that, six or seven years. Um, I, I love it. I think it's great. I'm a fan of it. So I'm never going to say convenience is bad. We need to go back to, you know, uh, I don't know, horse and buggy or whatever. But I also think that in order to be responsible with advancements in tech, we have to check ourselves. And if that means we have to take a step back until we can get our arms around some of the vulnerabilities of technology, we should do that because we can't just go headlong into the future like crazy people. That's the way bad things happen. Like you've got to be... You've got, you've got to have, you've got to be circumspect and you've got to have some um, ability to sort of analyze, you know, tech is cold and you've got to be able to analyze it from the perspective of warmth and humanity. Um, and if you're seeing disenfranchisement like this and intimidation like this, that's unethical and we should step back. So anyway, and, you know, reassess at the very least. So anyway... Um, read this American Spectator article, The Voter Manipulation Scheme That May Have Clinched the Georgia Runoffs for Democrats. Uh, it's very good. It's long and it's kind of detailed, but it's something I think everyone should read. Uh, it's bound to piss off the Democrats. The people in the middle will be like, oh, oh, I didn't know that was happening. And the people on the right, they're going to feel, you know, justified and confirmed in their convictions, uh, which is most everything these days. But I like it because it it's it asks questions. It doesn't draw too many conclusions, and it gives you all of the information. So, um, so yeah. So give that a read. Okay, moving on. Let's talk about Wandavision. I think this show is brilliant. I'm just gonna say that I started watching it some time ago when it first came out. I think it's it's eight episodes now, and I've only missed one episode. I got to go back and watch it. Um, but I did see the newest one actually this morning. Just came out. Uh, so, uh, you know, I was a fan of Marvel like everyone else. How could you not be? There's like 8,000 movies and they're all pretty good in their own ways. However, I had not seen all of them. I'd seen most of them, but not all of them. For example, I had never seen Captain America, The Winter Soldier, which now that I've seen, um, you know, all of the Captain America movies, I think that one's maybe the best one. Um... So, and also it takes place in D.C. So I was like, oh, I know that and I know that. So it was just kind of a fun watch for me. I also had never, as I mentioned at the top of the show, seen Infinity War. I'd seen Endgame. I'd seen Age of Ultron, but I'd never seen Infinity War. I know. So I had to go back and watch. And there are a couple that I just haven't seen at all, but I will go back and rewatch them. Like I haven't seen the second uh, Thor, maybe. Um, so, you know, I, I just, that period of time in my life is when I moved to D.C. So it was a tough period. So I wasn't, you know, uh, dedicated, I guess, to film watching as I have been in the past. Anyway, WandaVision 
uh, takes uh, Wanda Maximoff, who's the Scarlet Witch, and Vision, her lover and husband, I guess. Um, and it gives them their own show. And it's a brilliant, you know, Marvel has done this a lot, where they did the whole Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and, and um, what is it, Nick Cage, I guess, and all of these uh, sort of spinoff shows, and they're all, they're all good. Like, they're all, I've seen most of them, at least a couple episodes, if not all the, I was a big fan of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and, you know, they're good. They're, they're, they're well done. And I think it has a lot to do with just the intricacies of the Marvel Universe. You can just do a lot with that universe. So this show, which is on Netflix, it's Wanda and Vision. And if you've seen the movies, and like I said, I had to go back and rewatch so that I could get my bearings on the characters. Um, Vision dies, right? He doesn't get snapped out of existence. He dies. Uh, one of the stones is in his head. So he he's dead when the show starts on Netflix. And it starts as this strange little 50s sitcom. And the first episode, I was like, what am I watching? This is bizarre. Which I'm sure everyone had that same, you know, experience. But then there are little nuggets dropped through the next couple of episodes where you realize that if you've ever seen the Truman Show, it kind of has that vibe to it. That what you're watching, the people in the, the, the show are not the show, okay? So, and there's something, there's like a subtext to everything that's going on. So it has played out that way through the next, you know, seven episodes from episode one and it's a truly good show it's it's i think it's good anyway the writing's good the plot is excellent the way that they're sort of doing this pop culture homage to the 50s 60s 70s and 80s and then i think the 90s um sitcoms like family sitcoms really clever there's some really kind of interesting throwback nods to the Marvel Cinematic Universe in the commercials. Um, but I have to say, there's no way this show would be nearly as intriguing. Oh, and the music's wonderful, but there's no way this show would be nearly as intriguing without the lead characters, um, the actors who are the leads. So... Um, Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda Maximoff, she's also that in the films. She's wonderful. Like, she's she is a solid, solid actress. Like, I could see her go, she's also, you know, stunningly gorgeous, which is easy, it's just easy to look at her and watch her do things. Um, but she's just a really good actress. Like, she's, she's very like there's a lot going on i think in her head and her heart and it kind of comes out and how she plays this character uh, she's a smart actress i guess um she and she doesn't hold back she throws herself into it really good and then paul bettany i mean if you uh, you know were a 90s kid or whatever or you just like good acting you know who paul bettany is um he's fantastic in pretty much everything he's sort of this sort of in a weird way sort of this foppish you know British guy but he's got this also he's got this sort of raw again intelligence that makes him supremely sort of sexy and um 
um, masculine. It's very weird. Like, British men have that thing where, like, they can be sort of dandy, but also quite masculine at the same time. American men don't pull that off as well. <laughs> but uh, but he does very well, and he's great as Vision, also Vision in the films. And he's there at the heart of WandaVision is this amazing love story. Um, and this woman who... She's grieving, and she doesn't know how to do that without creating her own little world and cocoon to protect herself. Um, and she's very protective of it. But at the heart, it's a it's a love story, and I sort of love it for that. It's it's really touching to watch her negotiate this in this show. Um, I really like it. I think it's a really good show. So. Like a really good show. <laughs> so anyway, watch WandaVision on Netflix. It's I'm sorry, not Netflix, on Disney+. Plus. It's really good. Maybe it is on Netflix, too. I can't remember. But it's definitely on Disney+. Plus. Um, it, I've been watching it on Disney+, Plus, but it could be on Netflix as well. I think it is, actually. Um, but anyway, watch it. It's good. It's, it's a really good diversion. Um, what I like most about it is that it is an entertaining diversion from the craziness of real life. But it doesn't try to and and it sort of makes this meta point that while these sort of sitcom shenanigans are going on there's a real life happening around you as well and it's like i said it's sort of this meta analysis of all of us sitting in front of our computers watching being entertained while the world is nuts okay so i like it for that very sharp show the two leads are phenomenal. So, yeah, just give it a watch. I'm really liking it. And if you have to go back and watch the Marvel movies, most of them are on Disney+. Plus. I, you know, I watched them. Glad I did, too, because I've forgotten that I liked them that much. They are good films. Um, so, yeah, so WandaVision, good one. Okay, let's finish up. There is an interesting article in CNN Business, and I'm loath to sort of talk about anything in CNN right now because they're just so biased tonight they just make me mad a lot but this one is a pretty good one the headline is what if china no longer needs hollywood that's bad news for the film industry and i'm going to make this very short because i got to wrap up and get back to the day job but basically the article is saying that hollywood blockbusters that were designed to do well mulan for one in china have not uh, Wonder Woman didn't do well either, 1984, Wonder Woman 1984. And what this is basically saying, this article, is that China doesn't may not need Hollywood box office anymore. I mean, may not need the blockbusters. They may not, they just may not have a an interest in them. And how that's going to, you know, restructure the American way of filmmaking, which frankly, you guys... I know that these guys make a lot of money, and I do not begrudge them that one bit. Uh, if I could make that kind of money uh, for being an actor, I would do it in a heartbeat. And I would live my life and be very happy about it. But it might mean they're not going to be pulling down the salaries they've been pulling down across the board in that industry. That's good for the country. It will be good to have some, you know, I don't know, some respect for... The fact that China is being fairly hostile with us right now, um, and we don't need to be bowing to their whims or their box office. Uh, and if it means that we have to restructure, we're, we're 
you know, we're pretty good at innovating here. That's what we do. That's what America has always done. We innovate and we overcome. If that's what it means that we have to go back and rethink and innovate and build up our own sort of, you know, entertainment industry again, which the first time around became a worldwide phenomenon. So it doesn't mean it couldn't again, right? Um, If that's what it means, then I'm all for it. Let's do it. Just like AMC pulling out of all the theaters. That's a a Chinese-owned company. And I'm not trying to sound xenophobic here. I got no problems with China. Uh, I feel for the Chinese people. They're... I've said this before on this show, they are communists, and communism is a crappy ideology. It's been crap since that idiot Marx thought it up. Um, That's dirty, stinking old man thought it up. Um, So, and they've embraced communism in China, and that's really too bad, you know? That sucks, but it's their choice. They've done that. Uh, And communism is really anti-freedom and I am not a fan and we should not be as a country fans of and we certainly shouldn't be trying to like you know kowtow to them or bow to their whims or any of those things do we need to try to get along with them yes uh diplomatically absolutely um because we we don't nobody wants bad things to happen no one wants war at least some of us don't want war um but we also need to recognize and and respect that our entire way of life and everything that we uh, hold dear here, whether or not we admit it, um, is <clears throat> it, it, it's it's it runs counter to what the Chinese government, the CCP, does. So. I'm totally cool with pulling back from all that. I think it's great if we can, you know, rethink our uh, entertainment industry and and our our filmmaking industry. I think it's fantastic. Um, So, yeah, that's what I think. Uh, Go ahead and give this article at CNN Business a read as well. What if China no longer needs Hollywood? Um, And let me know what you think. I think it's a good thing. I don't think it's bad at all to just be like, all right, fine. You You don't want us? We don't need you. (laughs) maybe that's just my you know sort of I kind of have that uh, you know attitude in life in general it hasn't always served me that well but it is what it is and I think it's sort of a uniquely American attitude so um yeah I don't know I'm okay with it all right that's my show for today I got to get back to it sorry to be so quick I think I was less manic today which is fabulous um as always, you guys take care of each other and take care of yourselves. And I will love, I love you. And I will, uh, I kind of tried to say two things at the same time there. I love you. And I will speak with you again next week. Take care. We have an Psychiatric board, his face is up on the bulletin board with a reward. He'll stab you with the sword. Don't be fooled by his charm. He's probably on the FCB Radio Network. First class broadcasting worldwide.